I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Our review of Double Game Week, round 8, and our preview of round 9. This episode is brought to you by Schweinsteiger Photography, capturing the best players from your fantasy team. Uh, no, um, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by a seasoned group of co-hosts. We've got Michael Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and Blaine Ripple. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello, friends. Really well. Hi, Reed. Hey. I'm, I'm surprised. Is, is Jason actually a co-host still? It's been so long since we haven't had him on. Well, I had to travel the world, and then I had to fix my mailbox from dumb juvenile delinquents, <laughs> and, and now I'm back in all my glorious glory. Excuses, excuses. Uh, before we move on real quick, uh, a quick apology to the r slash fantasy MLS community. I uh, didn't get the question thread up for tonight as quickly as I wanted to, but fortunately Mike jumped in and got that posted. So we do have some questions tonight, no worries, but again, apologies for not getting that up sooner for everyone so let's move on and talk about round eight though guys how did your team do i'll start because i was probably the worst because i missed the lineup and didn't see that jay smith wasn't in the starting uh, 11 for new england so i missed out on that clean sheet other than that i did okay 108 um but that really put me behind the eight ball because i didn't have dalamea like everyone else and i had figueroa stuck on my bench with a lovely 13 points i didn't get but other than that, I did okay. Captain win like pretty much everyone else and finished with 108 green arrows, but not a whole lot of movement. Nice. Yeah, I got uh, 119. Very excited about that. I did a last-minute change. Um, I kept Wanda in and took out uh, Jungworth, which cost me a lot of points. But, um, yeah, all green arrows for me. I'm now in the top 350. Uh I've been kind of going between the top 100 and the top 500, but all green arrows can't, you know, can't complain about that. Uh, 111 for me. Um, saw my game with guy that we'll talk about later and made a bold switch to go with Hairston over Wanda, which didn't pay out. Lost me a few points there, but overall happy with it. The double game week forwards kind of suck though. We were all actually in the, same general area. I had 115 points myself. Uh, I had 108 going into the last three games, and I bet heavily on Minnesota and was not rewarded for my faith in that. So I, I was hoping for a bit better of a finish, uh, but I, I did still get 115 points. I have a mix of red and green arrows, uh, some blue ones where I didn't change at all. I'm about to crack the top 100, so that's that's pretty fun. But no, that's pretty good. Pretty good for a double game week, I think. Yeah, mine 44. would have been nicer if Agadello got credited with the goal that I'm pretty ah, We were robbed. For. So many of us <laughs> were robbed. Um, yeah, I'm definitely glad that I uh, I uh, you know, didn't have Aguadello. The, the, the bad thing was, so I had Giovinco in, but at the last second took Giovinco and Jungworth out and brought in Cato and Wando. I don't know why I did that. Really stupid. But look, it's it's just that bad advice from Tyler Kelly, that Wando fanboy. It, it's you just better be glad that that Geo didn't hear that you took him out of your team because he seems to get pretty pissed when that happens. So, yeah. and hey, <laughs> okay, you, guys, you be nice uh, to Tyler because he's my fantasy Premier League general manager. Of course. Well, we're getting into some of the game specifics, so let's just go ahead and talk about our general impressions from round eight. I've got some pointer questions to talk to you. Uh, anybody chime in for this? How do you think the double game week teams performed? Up to snuff or just eh? Offensively, eh. Defensively, great. I mean, obviously, they had that nil-nil uh, to start the week, which clean point, clean, uh, clean sheet bonuses all around. Uh, I was disappointed that uh, San Jose didn't do more on the road at Houston. That's why I had Wondolowski. Um, 
I was expecting a little bit more from the New England offensive players uh, against DC. Um, so, I mean, I think they're both kind of disappointing in a little way. But, I mean, as long as you had the defenders, you, you got that big, huge boat uh, points in the, the first game. And, I mean, as long as you get one point thrust, that's pretty much all you can ask for for a double game week. Yeah, I mean, if you actually look at the Dream Team, there were only four double game week players on there. Wynn, Farrell, Jungworth, and Bingham. So, I mean, you know, three out of the four were defensive. One is a midfielder, so... I would say overall pretty uh, lackluster uh, unless you had those players. Um, I was expecting a little more um, from the offense on both sides, but um, I think overall it was, you know, to be expected. I'm happy with the result. I picked the right players. So, yeah, standard. So we teased it a little bit just a second ago about Gio getting subbed out. He was working on a hat trick this round, and he, and he went off and was angry. Is Gio back? I'm not sure if he's back. I want to see consistent performance before I say, quote, he's back. Um, that said, I have him on my team in my opening draft just because I really like the matchup against Houston. Um, I mean, him scoring from a free kick, that's not really replicable. If you look at the expected goals, Toronto barely edged out Colorado, even though they won 3-1, to one, and Colorado only scored that goal kind of in garbage time. Um, I, I would want more from Toronto before I say that they're back. But they're at home, and they're at home for, I think, a few games in this upcoming stretch. So Giovinco is definitely going to be someone you need to watch. You meant Chicago with that last game. Yeah. Yeah, what did I say? Uh, Colorado, who they're playing this Oh, week. yeah. One of the bad C teams, yeah. Now, Blaine, I want you to jump in on this one since you're a little familiar with Montreal. Philly blew a 3 to nothing lead over Montreal. Uh Jackson Hamill, is he the, the new savior off the bench? What what did you make of this game? Um, this was two bad teams going at it. Um, Philly, we know, has kind of had their problems all season and gave it up. Um, Jackson Hamill has kind of been that young, up-and-coming kid that they've been hoping for. They traded off Cameron Porter to Sporting last year so that this kid could get more time. He was their bench option. Yeah, I think this kid's probably legit. He needs more. He needs a lot more experience before he becomes a starter. But coming off the bench like this, he seems to have a nose for a goal right now. That anybody, I'm not going to pick on you, Mike. I know I usually do when I talk about a New York team. Uh, but the 4-2-3-1, <laughs> New York's been back to that system. They're scoring goals again. Uh, Kleshton and BWP are, are relevant, again, for fantasy-wise. Is that a trend that you guys are also seeing? Do you agree with me, or are you still hesitant on New York players? Uh, the 4-2-3-1 definitely fits the squad better. Um, I'm a noted New York hater. I do not really like their fantasy options most weeks. It burns me some, but yeah, I've... That said, I'm looking at Kleshkin in my lineup this week. I still think BWP is too inconsistent on bonus points, and really he needs goals to get it, so you got to get that perfect matchup for him. And I don't know what was up with Royer taking the PK. I don't know if that's going to be a regular thing or not, but that's just less production for either Kleshkin or BWP if he's going to be on those, which makes it even harder to take BWP in this situation. But, yeah, Kleshkin's definitely one to keep an eye on if they're going to keep playing this formation because he's going to be pulling the strings in the middle. Maybe they were just spreading the love, which is definitely a way you could describe the Seattle game. Uh, just like with Geo, is is Seattle back in, in their flow from their late-season rally last year? It's, a, it's against a bad L.A. defense with a keeper that can't prove himself and has been swapped in and out of the bench or swapped on and off the bench. Um, I, I think I think that Ladero is still, I mean, if you look at his consistency and his points, um, he's been really consistent this year, but I still think that there's, I mean, you have two mouths to feed, you know, in front of you with Dempsey and Morris. So, I mean, I think he'll still tally up the assists. Um, it is, he is quite expensive um, for his, you know, points per production right now, but I still think he's a great option this week, definitely. So no, well, no real love there, I heard. Go ahead. Oh, I'll, I'll give some love to Seattle. They made a big uh, formation change by starting Will Brewer and putting um, Jordan Morris out on the wing. 
And I mean, they just decimated the galaxy. I mean, Curtinoflo has done an amazing job in turning the second best defense in uh, Los Angeles into total garbage. And he really should be commended for how oh. terrible a coach he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm still impressed with how complete Seattle is, particularly complete considering how uh, I think they're on like their fourth string center back. I mean, they're st- uh, pressing D mids into center back and still kept a clean sheet. Um, Schmetzer has done a great job in Seattle and, I think especially this week facing an Eastern Conference team who's flying cross, uh, they're definitely someone to consider. And I think if they keep this up with Bruin kind of in the the Valdez role, uh, I think they can continue to have offensive success. And particularly for Ladero, even with his price point, rack up assists, whether it's to Dempsey or Morris. I don't know which of the two of them to pick between on most weeks. I think you're kind of taking them to gamble. But for Ladero, it's all coming from Ladero. Well, I'll answer that last question because really, I don't know what it is. Maybe Dempsey sees that his days are numbered. Maybe it's because he thought he was going to be forced into retirement. But I haven't seen him play like this in a long time. Uh, even with the national team and with Seattle, I mean, he is just hungry for it right now. I think he saw the end, and he's not ready for it. So we're going to see the best of Dempsey from here on out. And if they're going to keep with this formation with Bruin up top, you really got to look at Dempsey because Bruin's going to hold up and Dempsey's going to be there to smash him in when he needs to. Uh, Ladero's still going to be a good assist man. I I don't know that he's worth the price given the other midfielders in the game, but Dempsey's not at that premium price point yet. He's still a little bit under that, so he's one that I'm looking out for, especially this week. I, I had a little... A little heart flutter when you were talking about Dempsey there, Blaine. That was that was sweet. That was so sweet of you. Uh, Mike, you mentioned defense, and I think a defense that definitely deserves being mentioned this week uh, is, is Colorado. And sure, I know a lot of people were saying that was kind of a snoozer of a game, but Colorado packed it in the middle, and they really helped to shut down Minnesota for a lot of that game and limited their chances, especially early on. Um, are you guys happy with that result? I, of course, was disappointed I didn't have my my Minnesota guys excel, but is that the way to handle against Minnesota, just clog the middle? Well, it is if you're Colorado and you don't have any offensive capabilities. I mean, uh, Colorado's got one of the... I'm trying to check here. Um, yeah, I think they're... Yeah, they're the they're worst offense in the league. They only have .92 expected goals going into this, uh, this week. They haven't updated that total team tally. But, I, I mean, Colorado's one of the few teams that really has no way to go after Minnesota the way a lot of other teams do. So I don't see think you're going to see teams quite do the same against Minnesota. I think you'll see more teams try to go after it and take advantage of the slowness of Minnesota's um, central pairing, which still isn't quite up to snuff, even though they got the clean sheet this week. So I, I don't think what Colorado did is replicable a whole lot. So I think, still, I think Minnesota is generally going to be a good option, although – Minnesota faces a team just like them, like Colorado, this week in San Jose. I would not be surprised if San Jose, which has the same kind of offensive problems, try to do the same thing Colorado did and pack it in on the road uh, in Minnesota. Okay, I'm going to wrap up with one game for each of you just to give you a quick response to. Starting with you, Blaine. Dallas had a narrow late goal victory, 77th minute. I guess we can call that late goal. Uh, victory over Sporting Kansas City. What do you think that says for the offensive potential of Dallas, and are you shaking any with your Sporting Kansas City defense? I'll go with the second one first. Yeah, Sporting did not show up to play in that game. I know there was a lot of grumbling in Kansas City about how just the performance overall and how guys were just losing their mark. I think Jerso left the guy, and then Zussi wasn't there to pick him up when Jerso left him off for the goal. I mean, it just... It was bad all the way around. Uh, the fact that Dallas didn't get too many great chances there or didn't finish a few more with how they were playing, I mean, really really tough to tell when you got a home team playing against a team that looked as bad as they did. Um, yeah, I just I haven't been as impressed with Dallas's offense this year, but their defense has been on fire. So I think Dallas is a more complete team right now. But I'm not really shaken in sporting. That was a poor performance, and they usually rebound from that. Vermes will get them back in shape. All right. Jason, 
Petke has been handed his first loss at the helm of Real Salt Lake, and it was at home against Atlanta. Uh, how do you feel about that as a Real Salt Lake fan, and is it time to retire whatever sweater vest that Pecky was was looking at this week? I didn't watch the game because I made a commitment to my fans and my team that I would not watch the game any games as long as we win because we won the two games before that that I did not watch. So, with that being said, I watched the highlights, and I was extremely disappointed. We gifted Atlanta two goals, um, albeit Atlanta was the better team. It should have been 4-1. Um, I think that RSL is past their prime in a lot of positions, and they have a lot of not only reshuffling, but um, I think they need to uh, call in the Calvary. Bowman Dog needs to call in the Calvary and get the reinforcements in. Uh, we need we need defense. Uh, need to light a fire under uh, Ura and Plata's butt to uh, you know score some goals. I, I mean, I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. Um, and how dare you talk about a sweater or a sweater vest like that? Petkey is probably no. He is the most handsome coach and the best dressed coach in the league. So you bite your tongue, you heathen, and you take that back. and mike we're going to finish with you uh your new york city fc has now received two black eyes from orlando this season as far as goal result results um how are you handling this well i I guess all of us had teams that lost this week this is kind of a downer of a week guys um i'm handling it okay uh once moderita went down in training i had bad feelings about this game uh jason knows i I was recommending kyle laren to other people on twitter that's how down i was and and my doubts were, were proven right uh i mean between all the gray on the field with those weird ocean jerseys it was it was like 50 shades of gray it was so painful to watch uh if i mean they're the three four three with or try to have Rodney wallace as the left back i, I don't think it really worked and, and orlando is always a tough matchup for new york city because they treat it as a rivalry and patrick Vieira just clearly does not care and they've gotten their butts whipped every time they've played orlando since patrick Vieira has taken over um so i mean going forward i am concerned about new york city's defense being able to continue their high form without moderita because moderita has the speed to cover up pirlo's mistakes and as long as Vieira insists on trotting pirlo out there we need someone that with that speed to cover it up and Without Moderita, we don't have it. So I am concerned about New York City's defense going forward. So I'm a little bit down on on the team as a whole this week. Um, yeah, it, we, we got a butt kick. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, but no, you're right. There were two <clears throat> games this weekend that were white and gray, and that was just not pleasant to watch on my TV as that was going on. So strange, strange. Let's get these third kits back out there. Uh, those are all the general impression questions I wanted you guys to answer. Do you all have any other surprises or fantasy takeaways you want to talk about before we move on? Oh, well, we got a question about uh, on Reddit about whether or not we should go to um, four or five defenders at the back with another defender, you know, five defender dream team this week. Um, what do you all think? Uh, I don't think I'm there yet, but I don't know about y'all. We talked a little bit before the show started about that. And just so people know, of the eight rounds that we've had, five of those rounds have had five members of the Dream Team be defenders. And seven of the rounds have had at least four members of the Dream Team as a defensive player. And particularly, I like the way you summed it all up, Blaine, if you want to just nail it home. Oh, which way did I sum it up? (laughs) (laughs) too many thoughts um i uh before the show i mentioned to the guys that i would be willing to consider four defenders probably from this point on really depends on the week i don't think i can i don't think i'll ever bring in five starters just because it's too much of a gamble while defenders are really doing well and their price point change this year has really helped You've got to hit. You've got to hit them just right, and you've got to pick the right guys. And I don't know if I've seen very many people pick four or five of the top defenders consistently. I mean, we're all hunting for clean sheets and everything. I think your midfielders still get better points consistently. I mean, the numbers may not back that up all the time. I know we got sporting guys who are just con- who their averages are so much higher, but I think 
when you're trying to pick them, you're better off picking midfielders who are going to get more consistent bonus points than defenders. But if you've got that, if you've got that clean sheet in the back of your mind, that you just know it's going to happen. It may be worth loading up on four or five guys. I mean, we've seen New York and Chicago at home both do really well. Uh, Sporting has got a really good defense this year when they get the right matchups. But then again, we think Colorado, worst offense in the league, puts one on Sporting, ruined a whole lot of clean sheets. So it's it really is a crapshoot. So I look more for the midfielders still because their consistency is just that much better, and one goal doesn't sink them. My, my response to that is, in thinking about the way the game has changed with unlimited transfers, is I'm not sure bonus points or consistency matters anymore. Like I think, Rick, really, if you're looking at like teams and the way I performed compared to others, if you don't, if your player doesn't have a goal, an assist, or a clean sheet, that player's almost a bad pick. Um, so I'm kind of okay with going more clean sheet hunting because it's cheaper and you kind of get it as opposed to a lot of the midfielders. Even though there are some cheap midfielders, you really need to hit goal, assists, or clean sheet for that player pick to be successful uh, most weeks. So I, I can, I understand the strategy. I think midfielders have a higher ceiling. So if you hit with midfielders, you're generally going to hit better than with a defender who generally tend to top out at not eight or nine points, even with a clean sheet. So that's why I tend to stick more, but if, if you have a week with a whole lot of likely clean sheets, then yeah, I think you go for it because you got, you, you need to hit one of those three things. And if you can hit it, you can hit it. My general advice for this is, uh, on the other side, we've also only had two rounds where we've seen three forwards in our dream team. So for me, I, I like what Blaine says about four sounds good, five is hard, because that's definitely true. It seems like if you're running with a switcheroo that perhaps the cheap midfielder that a lot of people have been running and a fifth defender might be your best option for your two switcheroo players there on the bench. You could have a, a cheap forward at the front to be swapping them out with, and that would be an easy way to make sure that you can get uh, hedge your bets and go that way. So um, a little modified Blaine answer is go with four, but have a cheap defender or have a fifth defender and a cheap midfielder be your two switcheroo options to try to take advantage of a fifth clean sheet if, if you are so lucky. Any words from you, Jason, before moving on? No, you guys covered it. Okay. Okay. I didn't just want to make sure. I didn't know if you had a magical triple defender switcheroo thing that you might pull out to. If, if you guys <laughs> if you guys really want to get into this, I Nope, uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Moving on to housekeeping. Moving on to housekeeping. I had a guy prove it to me on Reddit, but that's another podcast. Nope, nope. <laughs> yep. And you lost. So moving on. Back to a normal single game week schedule for this round nine. Everyone is playing, every team's no buys, no double games. Double games kick back up next round, and it's gonna be a lot better than what we had as far as team options. Several double game weeks in the pipeline, so keep an eye on those. Uh, Patreon, thank you so much to everyone who is donating and has donated and continues to donate. Uh, I was gone at a conference for most of last week, so I wasn't able to get some organization going for sending out the next wave of prizes and sending out emails for getting our guests and uh, pre-show chats started. So that's going to happen in the coming next couple of months, going to get those organized for everyone to start getting you very fine people your rewards and get you on the show to chat with us and your and your pint glasses and your stickers and all sorts of great things. So thank you so much for the support that you guys have for our show. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you donate, Jason has to love you. And I always appreciate everyone who is listening. Thank you so much. And if you want to donate and find out more what this Patreon thing is, go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And one quick bit of housekeeping I just want to cover is I tweeted at OptiJack this round, just a little joke saying, oh my gosh, is this the most, do you guys even keep track of, of hitting the woodwork? Is this the most woodwork and then just off the, off the goalpost that we've seen? And they actually got back to me in, in a private message and says they started tracking hitting the posts in 2010. And currently MLS teams are averaging uh, 0.46 post hits per game so far this season, which is the lowest since they started keeping track in 2010. Uh, however, 
Last year, the average was 0.76, and that was the highest since they started keeping track in 2010. So um, I had no idea that they actually tracked that. I was very surprised, but pleasantly surprised. I have to think Seattle is leading the way this year, just the way that Dempsey's been bouncing around everywhere. <laughs> uh, now the injury report. Mike, what do you got for us? Okay, well, I'm going to start off with uh, a new feature that is inspired by Audi's after-deadline suspension that we had rumored about before the deadline, and that is a possible disco section. Now, the way I'm using this is I'm taking stealing this from uh, the video that Simon Borg does every week uh, recapping the disciplinary and ref referee decisions, and here are all the players that he thinks should have gotten a red card but didn't. That is Piotti, who only got a yellow, Figueroa, who had no call, uh, no foul called. Uh, Pirlo, uh, who got a yellow card, and Ethan White, who got a yellow card. So all those play players, be aware, Disco might come calling. Um, so if you're thinking about them, just watch the internet and injury news to see if there's a suspension handed down. But other than that, we finally accomplished Reed's dream. There were no red cards this week. So I as of right so now. Excited. No one is suspended except for Tim Howard, who's still suspended for hitting a Sporting Kansas City fan. Um, other than that, we have a whole lot of injuries this week. Uh, Kelman for Minnesota limped off, no timetable. Moore for Toronto, one more week at least. He's checking a heart, a cardiologist uh, this week. He will definitely be out this week. I'm assuming he's going to miss more time, but nothing past this weekend is confirmed. Irwin has returned to training for Toronto, but the expectation around Toronto is that he's still a ways away from starting, so expect Bono to be a net for the Reds. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips and a whole lot of crew players. Bradley Wright Phillips limped off with what might have been a hamstring injury at the 73rd minute. Uh, no timetable for him. He probably picked that injury up when colliding with Cragnali. Um Believed it was a knee injury, although afterwards they said it was just an ankle sprain and it wasn't very serious. I'm not quite sure I believe that, so keep a watch on Krognali. Um Arter for crew, he had left really early with a wrist in his cast. Uh, his injury is three weeks. He's going to be out for a while. Zizo missed the game. Uh, he was an injured for the Red Bulls. I'm not quite sure what that injury was, but... Um, I think he'll, he might be back this week. Uh, one of the big ones, Valeri stretched off. I have not heard what that injury actually is. So keep um, tabs on that. Uh, we should find out because they have pretty good reporting out of there. Um, Houston, both Alex and Torres were subbed off. I believe they were both sobbed off with cramps, so they should be good to go this week for Toronto. We'll get to see, see Houston's lineup, but be aware that there was a cramp, at least possibly a cramping issue, maybe something more for the two of them. Diop missed last week with a hip injury. Um, they were having trouble with it swelling. I, I don't know if he'll be available this week. I'm, I'm guessing he might um, miss again, but then again, Rowe let in three goals, so I, I don't know what Anofalo is going to do. Speaking of goalies with injury, Seitz missed with a hamstring injury. Uh, Dallas didn't give a timeline, but usually with a hamstring, it's at least two weeks, so uh, expect Gonzalez to be in the net for uh, FC Dallas this week. Uh, some Orlando players, I've already gotten questions about that. Kaká, he is returned to training. Christ said he could of, of, might have played last week, but then Kaká didn't travel. I would expect Kaká to try to make a return uh, against Colorado for the Lions. For Aha, he um, was also supposedly close to returning last weekend, but then didn't travel. So um, I'll, I'll have to keep a tabs on it this week. I, I think he's possible. That would displace Redding for a lot of you people looking for cheap Orlando defenders. You need to be aware that it's Aha or Redding. So um, if Aha can play, Redding is probably the one going to the bench. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Moderita suffered an ankle injury in training. He's out four to six week, weeks for the Pigeons. Um, Patrick Mullins is getting close to a return. Um, he's, he was supposedly supposed to make the 18, but then didn't end up traveling for DC United. So I, I think he'll make the 11 this week, but we'll have to check and see if Ben Olsen's being truthful or not. And then finally, not quite an injury news and nothing that affects this week, but just to keep aware, uh, Atlanta United's 
Mercedes-Benz Stadium that's supposedly finished, that's supposed to house them and the Falcons, they're having construction issues, so they're moving a whole bunch of their games. Um, This has already affected Orlando, um, L.A., and someone else. I can't remember. But um, around that August window, your team was traveling to Atlanta. It's getting moved. More might get moved. We'll have to see if they can actually finish that stadium. But it's associated with the Falcons, and so it's a failure. Not surprising. But that's my opinion as a Saints fan. Uh, but that's it for the injury news. And uh, unless you all caught something that I didn't. Mauro Diaz has been training. Um, doing Yeah, I saw that. Um, he's doing some light training and some, some light drills. So hopefully he might be back a little sooner. Dallas never really gave a firm timeline time on him. But just keep an eye out. I'm guessing maybe late May, early June. Maybe they'll wait until after that international break to bring him back. Did you seriously, seriously just have a stadium on your injury report? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, like it. I like you it. You know, the stadium construction, no timetable given, incomplete timetable. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's pretty much just part and parcel of MLS. You know, yeah. just making up. So. I mean, Fair. look, no any chance I back. can get to dig the Falcons is great. You know, I'm going to take yeah. no timetable given, but change is <laughs> expected. That's, that's one thing <laughs> we can expect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Uh, probably one of the most comprehensive injury reports that anyone can get uh, week to week for MLS. So thank you very much, Mike, for that, as always. And I hope the little tidbits I threw you when I was on the MLS Fantasy Twitter uh, this weekend helped out some. I did. I retweeted an MLS Fantasy account for injury news, which I think is a first. So I appreciate it. <laughs> try i try okay moving on to round nine as i said before this is a single game round so everyone's just one game everybody is playing so that is is very nice to always see no buys and mike just start us out with toronto versus houston well i mentioned earlier toronto's expected goals wasn't that high against chicago but Houston's defense, even with keeping a clean sheet, I don't have a whole lot of faith in them. And I really don't have a whole lot of faith in Houston on the road. Um, Their their performances on the road so far have not been very good. Um, Yeah, they they gave up four goals to to Portland, two goals to New England, and those are their only two road games so far. So I'm expecting Giovinco to continue his scoring form. Um, I really like Giovinco in this game. Uh, another player who we haven't talked about, but I know, I don't remember if it was you, Reed, on, on Friday night or, or who it was manning the fantasy account, but uh, Vasquez for TFC, 8.8 midfielder. If you look at his um, point totals, really remarkably consistent, has managed to accumulate a bunch of bonus points, even though he hasn't been going 90 minutes uh, all but once. Um He's not a super cheap midfielder, but at 8.8, he's given pretty good value and with a really good matchups. Oops, sorry, guys. Um, I think he's got a really good opportunity this week to to continue that form. And and with Giovinco, you need some cheap cheap midfielders. So I like Giovinco and and Vasquez from this week. Wouldn't go so much uh, Houston players on the road. They haven't really performed except at Portland, whose defense hasn't been very good. Um, I mean, if Houston on the road offense makes New England defense look good, it's not a good sign for their offense. So I, I like um, Giovinco and Vasquez this week. Yeah, he actually just Vasquez just made it into my top 50 players because of some of the consistency that he has been showing with the limited time that he has been getting. So that is a yeah an, an excellent pickup. And I just looked at his ownership numbers right now, and he is only owned by 1.7% of fantasy managers, 8.8 million. So that could be great, a great payoff this week. Uh, do you have a guess for the scoreline, Mike? I'm going to go 3 nothing TFC right now. Okay, okay. Jason, what do you think is going to happen in Montreal versus Vancouver? Yeah, so uh, Montreal versus Vancouver – um, last week, Montreal tied Philly 3-3 in the Vancouver lost um, to Portland 2-1. My predicted scoreline on this is 3-1 Montreal, barring the sus- possible suspension of Piotti uh, if the disco looks at that. So uh, Blaine actually told me about this uh, before the podcast that Piotti pretty much uh, raked down the back of Bedoya's leg during the game. Um, and it could be retroactive. Disco could just turn their head. I really don't know, but that's just something to keep an eye on. But um, Piotti scored two goals in his two matches back since injury, a seven and a nine. Um, so I think that he could be very big for 
uh, Montreal this week. Um, but uh, Montero, Freddie Montero has actually done really well. Um, he's had three goals in two matches, posting a 12 and a 7, um, and scoring last week. So um, I think that those, or I think Montero, you know, has done pretty well for his price. But uh, I think that if Piotti doesn't get suspended, I think you have to, he has to be in your lineup against a uh, uh, subpar Vancouver defense. So without Piotti, what's your expected scoreline? I think without Piotti, it'll be it'll be one one. Um, but I still think that um, I mean, like I said, if Piotti plays, um, I think he'll add or help out assist two goals. So Blaine, Orlando, Colorado. Yeah, so on paper, you'd expect Orlando just to kind of run the show here. But as we talked about beforehand, Colorado did find a way to slow down uh, Minnesota's offense. I don't know that they can replicate that against Orlando, but it would be fun to see him try. Um, I still expect Orlando to come out and dominate this game, possession, passing. Um, I don't know with the new defense that they've got back there and how well they've been playing together if Colorado's going to find a way to score. So definite clean sheet potential here. Um, I'm looking at any of your defenders here in this one. Bendix probably my starting goalkeeper. Um, you've got Studer, you've got Toya, who are both pretty sure starts. Um, Redding's at 4.4, but uh, as we said, Aja might be back. If he's back, you definitely want him. I would take him over Toya at the five at the five mark. Just for the price, I think Aja's going to get you better points. So it kind of depends on who you've got, and then uh, Lauren definitely has to be in the, in the or on the radar. Um, he's on the short list to make my one of my strikers this week. I just I don't think Colorado's defense is doing it. I've been impressed with them, but I still think uh, Orlando finds a way to score. I mean, it, it's really hard not to point out this kid, a Courtney Ford, playing in the back for Colorado. He's a true rookie at 21 years old. I mean, he's been he's looked really good, but then he makes a couple of rookie mistakes every game, and it's just it's really hard to build with that scoreline. So, um, if it goes the way it should, three zero to Orlando. Oh snap! Kyle Aaron, get him while he's hot. Mike, Columbus, New York City. Well, these are two clubs that have been very successful in the opening weeks of the season, but then just lost a whole lot of defenders. We mentioned Artur and uh, Krugnall for uh, the crew, and then uh, Moderator for New York City. So I'm expecting this to be a high-scoring game. I, none of the defenders, Callens or you know, obviously Krugnall, is an injury concern. Um you know, those cheap defenders that people have used in the past few weeks. Wouldn't go with any of them. Um, I, I think you could go with any of the offensive options. Um, David Villa, Miram, um, or Ola Kamara. Uh, one note on Ola Kamara, I should have mentioned in the injury report, he had a foot injury last week in training, but then he played 90 minutes. So right now he's flagged as red with a foot injury uh, in the game, but he's I'm assuming he's good to go since he already played 90. But... Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring matchup. In the past, it's been a high-scoring matchup between these two teams, and I don't think there's anything different um, with the defenders out. So I wouldn't go with a 2-2 score line, and your offensive players from either the crew or New York City are going to be good uh, picks this week. Has Morales been doing enough for you to make him someone you'd look at? No, I mean, he, he's gotten like decent fantasy points, but it's it's not goals, in, which is... So much value in midfield this year. I, I I can't justify him over a lot of others. I mean, he's probably, you know, someone like sixth best midfielder, but that's just not going to make it with unlimited transfers. So giving Mike a break from speaking about New York teams he does not like, Blaine, New York Red Bulls versus Chicago. Yeah, so New York at home has really been defensively strong. Uh, Chicago on the road has tended to struggle a little bit so i really think you go with what they have been doing all season so you're looking at new york to kind of play a defensive game look to get their goal or two against a somewhat weakened chicago defense on the road but yeah i mean there's should be a standard running of the mill game here um i do like the potential for a new york clean sheet here so with that you've got to put long on your radar as a defender uh, is a little more pricey now than some of the other options we've been mentioning every couple of weeks. But he's definitely got to be in there. I'm also looking at Kleshian this week just because he's pulling the strings. 
But if Chicago's going to get a goal, it's going to come through somebody like Schweinsteiger. Um, I think you can safely pick him here. I don't know that you go with the strikers without the high scoring potential. So you got to look at your more consistent midfielders here. And I think Schweinsteiger is your only possible Chicago player this week. As far as the scoreline goes, um, say 2-0 New York, but I could see it being a 1-0 game as well. All right, Jason, Dallas versus Portland. All right, so last week Dallas uh, held a clean sheet against uh, Sporting at home, and then Portland beat Vancouver uh, 2-1 at home as well. So my uh, prediction is... uh, 2-2 2-2 tie. Um, I think that um, if Valeri is healthy um, and he's okay, I think that's going to you know contribute to the 2-2. Um, with Adi not being suspended, uh, I think he'll be uh, he'll be back with a vengeance. Um, and then for Dallas, you know, there's a lot of rotation that's been happening. Um, I really don't know <laughs> who would be a good bet um, for Dallas. Just because there's so much rotation within their front seven. Um, uh, if Valeri ends up being injured, I could see uh, Dallas winning, you know, 2-0, two, 3-0, two um, just because I think without Valeri, Portland will be lost. Um, it's, you know, those are huge shoes to fill. So, yeah, 2-2 two, two. if Valeri plays, if Valeri doesn't, 2-3-0 uh, Dallas. Well, to help Jason Alice, anybody else want to throw out some Dallas players? I have a Rudy and Acosta on on my team so far this week. Uh, Rudy hasn't been that great, but when you look at the actual schedule, he's done a lot better in the games where Dallas hasn't been coming off a of CCL action or short weeks and, and that. So I think Rudy's a decent uh, bet this week with Portland's defense struggling so badly. I mean, Portland gave up should have given up two goals to Vancouver by expected goals. And that's that's pretty bad. And I think without Valeri, without that offensive threat going forward, I think like Jason said, Adi's going to be lost. Adi will be on an island and, and teams will feel, or Dallas will feel much safer uh, attacking. So uh, I like a Rudy. Also like Acosta, uh, a cheap midfielder who's been very consistent. I, I think the lowest he's gotten so far is four. And, and his price point is very easy to get if you're trying to load up on some of the more expensive options that, w- that we've been talking about. So I have those two players. I, I don't know if I would go um, Dallas defense unless um, – we're confirmed that Valeri's out because Dallas has been the best defense so far this year. Um, I think they have pretty good ex- goals against. I, I don't remember what it is right now, but um, yeah, I mean, the, Dallas has all around been a solid team, even though they're kind of hard to predict fantasy players for. Also, throw out Barrios's name. Uh, he seems to be a guy that just sort of pops up every now and on the radar when you kind of least expect him. And he's gotten a goal and a couple assists within his past three games. So 8.1 in the midfield, uh, maybe Acosta is, is the bet that people are going to want to go if you're more uh, budget minded. But um, until, until Diaz comes back or Morales gets some real consistency going, uh, Barrios could be a nice little punt that someone goes to borrow a term from Jason. Mike, Minnesota versus San Jose. Like I talked about uh, earlier, I I think this is going to be an interesting matchup because you have a a pretty good offense uh, against a pretty good defense. Um, Minnesota's offense, we've talked about it before in the podcast, and uh, you know San Jose, at least going into the double game week last week, uh, only gave up uh, 0.74 expected goals against. Um, And that's according to American Soccer Analysis. Some people on Twitter have been asking me where I'm getting these numbers from. Um, They're available at MLS Soccer, at American Soccer Analysis, and some other places I might tweet out later. But, um, yeah, I think – I don't expect this to be a high-scoring game. Uh, San Jose is still very good defensively. I know they gave up two to Houston, but that's after a very long road trip. And with another long flight uh, to Minnesota, I expect San Jose to play more defensively. So I'm thinking this is a 1-1 game, um, maybe a goal by Wondolowski and um, Ramirez. So I I wouldn't go too much offensive players here or defensive. Maybe Lima, um, with his speed, might be able to get an outside assist for San Jose. But uh, I I don't really think this is a great matchup for fantasy this week. Jason, 
And I'm going to give her Blaine too. So Jason and Blaine, <laughs> Sporting Kansas City versus RSL. Yeah, so last week, uh, Sporting lost to Dallas 1-0 and RSL lost uh, to Atlanta 3-1. Um, I think that this is going to be a very low-scoring game. Um, I could see it being 2-1 or 1-1, and it really could go either way in my opinion. Um, I think that the players to consider if you are looking at this game are going to be either Benny or Dom. Um, and then for RSL, uh, Rusnak, just because he's been doing what he, you know, is getting paid to do and that's score goals. So, uh, and he had a, he had a goal last week and then I think he had a 16 point haul two weeks before that. So, um, other than that, I, I don't really like, um, the SKC defense, um, obviously, I don't like RSL's defense at all. So, uh, yeah, 2-1 or 1-1. Yeah, and I'm going to echo that. I mean, I know this on paper should be a good, an easy shutout for sporting, but this is a rivalry game. I don't care what anybody else says. These two teams absolutely hate each other, Yep. and it always gets violent at some point. Um I look for Yura to probably score a header, get a couple good looks at it. Uh, Plata could open up some space. R- I think RSL is going to find a way to score a goal in this one. Um, like I said, one one's probably your safer bet on this one. I know these two teams have played for, to a couple nil-nil draws recently, but that was with Kassar coaching in RSL, and he tended to bunker in and just play for that nil-nil draw against Kansas City because he knew if he opened it up, he was going to get blown out. So, but Sporting hasn't found their way to score yet. So I don't. You don't really have many good options. I mean, you may look at Benny in this one. Um, if you're really looking for a budget option on either end, um, Beckerman and Sanchez could both be p- coming out of that defensive midfield spot, and they should get some decent points. I think they're going to get a lot of passing. Uh, they're going to get the good passing bonus this time around. But still, there's not too many good options here, and I'm probably staying away from this game completely for players. Well, keep us going, Blaine, and tell us about Seattle versus New England. So I know New England has been doing really well this year, but I think Seattle's finally getting back into form. And like I said before, I think Dempsey's uh, hungry. I think he knows his time is limited. So I'm expecting Seattle to come in and just boss this game, and there's no reason they really shouldn't. Whether they play Will Bruin up top or not, I don't think it matters too much. I think Roldan and Alonzo really have this team locked down. Whatever defense is behind them, they got to go through those two guys first. So I'm looking for a 2 or 3 nothing game here for uh, Seattle. Um, I, I know there's a lot of attacking power in for New England, but I just don't know that they're going to get that space. Maybe they steal one going the other way. Just They've got some speed. They may be able to exploit that against the fairly raw center backs, but uh, I just I don't like their chances. Um, for your fantasy guys, I mean, you got to be looking at Ladero. When stuff happens, he's the one pulling the strings in the midfield. Um, and like I said, Dempsey is hungry. I really am having a hard time finding a reason not to put him in my lineup this week. Um, don't think there's anybody really going the other way that you can look at. The Seattle game was definitely one of my favorite moments from this past round when I was on the Twitter account and I tweeted out Dempsey leaves the game uh, on 16 points. And then the Seattle official Twitter responded back and said, that's good, right? I was like, yes, that's very good. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. In fact, he was tied for one of the (laughs) highest scoring players this this past round. So, so great. Uh, Jason, L.A. versus Philly. All right. Well, um, L.A. got absolutely smoked at home versus Seattle 3-0. And Philly blew a three-goal lead versus Montreal. Uh, I think L.A. rebounds this week uh, and wins 2-1. Alessandrini... Uh, the Frenchman, he has just been on fire this year, 52 points. Um, he's really about the only bright spot for the Galaxy. Um, and I think that this week is another week that he uh, has to be in your lineup. They're playing against a, a Philadelphia team that really only has Andre Blake. And um, with that being said, I still think Alessandrini is going to put up at least a goal. Um 
Philly, the only person I've ever considered on Philly uh, this year is, um, oh gosh, I don't know how to say his name, um, Mendujanin. Um, I've been big on him all year, 8 mil, 2.3% ownership, um, consistently hitting between 5 and 8 points a week um, on corner kicks, uh, scored 6 points last week. I know 8 mil is kind of starting to creep up into that range of, you know, is it worth it? But to have a consistent 5 to 8 point producer at 8 mil, I'll take that all day. Um, so yeah, I like two one LA Galaxy Alessandrini and Mendu Janin. Reed, I do want to jump in here really quick. I know we don't talk about road teams too much this week or on these weeks, but um, Alberg last year really came on strong when he started to play, and it looks like he's doing that same thing again this year. Um, with LA's weekend defense, he is somebody that's on my radar. I don't know that he will get the nod this week. But if you're looking for a little more of a budget player, he comes in with a 7.7 price tag. Just came off a monster week. I think he took a PK this week, too. Um, LA's defense has not looked great, and Alberg just kind of seems to come in and run the show when he gets there until for a few weeks. Then I, get, I don't know what happens if he gets tired. Last year, he just, he just kind of disappeared after a while. But it's early. He's hot. And if he does anything like he did last year, I think he's got to be on the list at least players to look at. Yeah, and I think he was actually one of the preferred starters, or at least in contention for a preferred starter at the start of this season. Um, I I liked him, and a lot of people kind of gave me a hard time for talking about him. He had some fitness issues at the beginning, and that's why he did not play a lot at the start. So maybe we're seeing more now what a fit Alberg can do. And Mike, wrap it all up for us. Atlanta versus D.C. Well, I think we know how much DC has struggled um, this year uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, and they haven't really impressed anyone with both Acosta and Mullins out at, at times, and they haven't really found themselves in sync. Uh, I think at the road on, on Atlanta, I, I would expect those struggles to continue. Uh, we know Atlanta's offense is really good. They just smacked RSL. And, and the thing is, they've been on the road for a lot of these games. And the only road game that they haven't gotten a result out of is the game against Montreal where they had the red card and, and just barely didn't get a result. So I think now that they're back at home, I, I'm I'm very high on them this week. I, I think Almiron or um, Villaba... Um, or are good options this week. I, I'm expecting Atlanta to win two nothing. Um, if Patrick Mullins comes back, uh, maybe DC can make it two one. But but I'm 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 expecting Atlanta to do very well this week. Uh, I, I think they'll win. And maybe I wouldn't go with uh, MPG or any other Atlanta defender just because I think there's a lot of better shots at a clean sheet. Um, but I, I think that the, their offense is just as good as as ever. Um, the only um, Maybe other Atlanta player to mention is Gressel. Um, he's now seems to falling out of the starting lineup. He only played 45 minutes two weeks ago and was an 18-minute sub this week. So he's not as as great of a 4.5. He's actually dropped to 4.4 after that 45-minute performance two weeks ago. He d- seems like he's lost his place a little bit, so he's now a rotation risk. So he's not as great of an option in midfield if you're looking for budget mids. What about Assad? Uh, he's he's a good option too. Um, I personally prefer uh, Almiron, but I think uh, Assad is pretty. I mean, all the players who are seeing time for for Atlanta, I, I think they're good options th- th- this week. Assad all right, well, forty five minutes though in week seven, so that kind of had, that, that that concerned me a little bit. I I believe didn't they go down um, to ten men with the uh, the red card to. Uh, Gonzalez Perez. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It doesn't look like Assad played that match. Well, he had, he was I don't on remember the red. Card. If he had, yeah, yeah that's right. He was on the red. Minutes. So this was his game. No, back. That, that's that's Gressel. Gressel was on for forty-five minutes. Oh, I, I pressed I pressed the wrong guy. My fat fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's you. what I was saying. I was I was worried about uh, Gressel. I'm, I I don't know if that was just a defensive change, but he also was just subbed on this past week, so might be a tactical change by um, Tata. 
Thank you so much, guys, for giving all those insights and player tips and uh, scoreline ideas for everyone to listen to. Now the real gem of, of this segment, your player picks. Jason, who do you like for keepers? Joe Bendick. And that's all. Blaine. Same. Mike, three for three? Three for three. Bendick. Blaine, who do you like at defense? Uh, I'm pulling at least two of the Orlando guys at the moment. Um, If Aja's back, I think it's got to be him. Um, Toya and Studer are really a toss-up on those. If Aja's out, it's got to be Redding at the 4.4 mark. I mean, just keep an eye on those, but... If you're unsure, if we don't hear news, uh, Studer and Toya, I mean, I know that's a lot to digest for this, and I can't just give players, but take two of them that you know are going to play. And then um, I'm throwing Madranda back out there. Uh, just He's been getting forward, and Sporting's attack has looked better. It is a weakened RSL defense. I think he could be involved in any goal scoring that happens, so he's got to be on my list. Uh, but let's be honest, He's he's been getting forward, but more importantly, been getting taken off before they concede. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's got, what, seven clean sheets this season already in eight games? <laughs> yeah. Or no, he missed around. He's got, he's got six clean sheets in seven games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mike, defense. Um, it, it's going to sound pretty similar to Blaine. I have Toya, Suter. And and Madronda, although also I have um, Smith for LA in a uh, switcheroo with Madronda, although I'm not quite sure looking at that now if that actually works. But um, yeah, I mean, load up on Orlando this week. Jason? Mike, yeah, Mike, I'll help you out with the double switcheroo after we go off air. Oh, um, you want to bail? Are you all Orlando, that, Jason? Just It's only again? two people. It's not a double switcheroo. It's just one switcheroo, Jason. Not, not, Any- not trying that. Anyway, is there a mute button for the focus? Um, focus. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going two in the back uh, with Orlando. So either Sutter or Specter, or you know, if, same same sentiments as everybody else. Um, but my third defender is going to be Alfaro from Seattle, uh, 4.7. I really like their home matchup against New England, pretty much coast to coast. And New England seems to be garbage on the road, hot garbage. So, um, yeah, I like Alfaro. Mike, your midfielders. Okay, well, I think this is where we'll have some some separation. Um, I have right now uh, five people in the midfield. Almiron, Kleshton, Alessandrini, Acosta, and Vazquez. And that's um, FC Dallas's Acosta, not DC's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my midfield is Piatti, Ladero, Estache, and Almiron. But if Piatti ends up getting suspended, um, I may switch to Alessandrini. Um, I may actually just switch to Alessandrini because it will probably help my budget. But you can put those five in there because I think that if you can afford those five, you should get those five. Blaine. Yeah, so currently I have Alessandrini, Kleshton, Almiron, and Piatti in my lineup. But uh, Ladero and Miram are just kind of sitting there in the back of my mind. Do I try to fit a fifth a fifth premium midfielder in this week? I mean, there's really six good options here this week. So it's kind of take your pick between those. So I've got those four in. But Piatti, especially if he gets the disciplinary committee decision, Ladero is definitely coming in for Piatti. But Trying to see if anybody I think is if Miriam's going to displace anybody, maybe Alice Cedrini. So it's a lot of toss up in the midfield. Interesting. Jason, your forwards. Uh, Kyle Lahren and the Italian Messi, Sebastian Giovinco. Speaking of Messi, hell of a game, hell of, hell of goals. Woo! Barca, Barca. Sorry, just had to get that out there. <laughs> Blaine. Um, I've currently got Dempsey and Giovinco in there, but Lauren and Vialba are both ones that are on my radar. I mean, we have we've we've talked about forwards not putting up the numbers, but I think this is a definite week you could fit three premium forwards in, and uh, Lauren, Giovinco, and Dempsey would be the three if I did it. But currently, I only have Dempsey and Giovinco. Mike, I have Giovinco and a Rudy. Oh. I think. Um, FC Dallas against Portland. That's a great matchup, uh, especially without Valeri. So uh, I'm going to take a differential there and tr- see if a Rudy can't get a goal or two. 
So you're going all in right now, no Valeri. Yeah, he he was stretchered off, um, and he was really pointing. And I, I'm I'm gonna if Valeri says he needs to go and then gets stretchered off, I'm I'm gonna say no Valeri. Now if Valeri comes back, I might change my picks, but as of right <laughs> now, I'm thinking no Valeri, especially since Portland hasn't put out. Oh no, he's okay. Usually when they're quiet, something bad has happened. And Blaine, your captain pick. Uh, right now, it's sitting on Giovinco. It's really hard to argue against him, especially if he's back. Uh, that said, I've been burned by forward captain so much, so I'm going to have to try to fi- figure out who I'm going to take in the midfield if it's not Giovinco. Mike? I have Giovinco right now. I, I think the matchup against Houston, um, especially, I don't know if A.J. De La Garza is going to be back for them, but they've struggled generally on defense without him. Uh, Toronto at home. With especially with the fire he showed, um, getting subbed off after a brace, uh, I, I like him this week. Jason, same Z's. Three for three at the keeper and the captain. All right, well, thank you guys so much for your picks. Uh, anybody else who's listening tonight, please feel free to interact with any of us online uh, with your suggestions and and your own picks if you want to bounce them off us and see what you think. We are all available on Twitter and uh, Reddit and and lots of places on social media. Now moving into the community time, my favorite part of the show. The r slash fantasy MLS top scorer this round was Chaz Lively, manager of A Tale of Two Vias, with 140 points. So congrats, man. That was also the highest score of the round. So well done. Well done. You know how to double game week. Now, the Patreon League... um, Blaine, your friend is, is still is still killing it. Uh, keep it up, RJ. Yep, RJ RJ Gage, uh, manager of the team Law Dogs FC. That's dogs with a W. Uh, he still us all with a record of seven zero and zero. But Josh Lewis and I are right on his heels with six zero and one. And then there are several people who are right behind us with five zero and two. So the Patreon League quite competitive, quite competitive. However, not quite as competitive as the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. Um, I am still leading that. Uh, I did suffer another another loss this round. Uh, I, I lost narrowly to Fantasy Football 24-7, to 120 It all came down to that final Minnesota game. Like I mentioned, uh, my two Minnesota players did not do anything for me. Uh, the Valeri goal, not the Valeri, sorry, the Via goal, Helped Fantasy Football 24-7, and they had Lima coming off their bench to give them that final push uh, to beat me 115-120. to 120. But I still have that number one spot. So well played, guys. Well played. Uh, Jason, how'd your match go against Andrew? Well, it went really good until uh, I did the math and saw I was going to lose by one point, And then he, uh, Andrew did a double switcheroo. And, uh, he did not. Well, he, would, he, would, <laughs> he would destroy you right now. He is passionately anti-double switcheroo. No, he, he, I actually have a text that said I did a double switcheroo. And um, so he brought in Lima, I believe. Yeah, Lima. And, uh, you know, got the 12 or 13 points, whatever he did. But, I mean, I can't even get mad. Well, 119 points for me, I was stoked on that. But him getting 132, which is eight off the lead, you know, the, the lead score of the week. Like, you know, props to you, man. Nice work. Yep, high score in the league this time. Uh, Blaine, your, your match. Oh, I went up against Guy, and that just did not go as I had hoped. Um, I saw that I was down at the end, so I went ahead and put Hairston in over Wando. Finished with 111, two guys, 119. And I again, I got burned by that Minnesota match. I mean, I had Molino, Ramirez, and Hairston. Think, who would have thought that that game, league's worst worst attack again, and a pretty terrible defense against the league's worst defense? I mean, there should have been that game should have ended 4-2. Instead, we get a 1-0 game and almost no fantasy points. It was rough. It was rough. Tough game. Tough game. Uh, next, Mike. Well, I lost to Phil, 108-119. Um, apparently, going into the match, I was Phil's favorite MLS Fi host. But since I lost, now Phil is his own favorite MLS Fi host, uh, <laughs> according to what he told me on Twitter. So um, I- I'm glad I helped 
still uh, recognize his own greatness, but I'm, I can continue to be the league taco. I only have one win, but it was against Jason, so. You can't be yeah. that bad. I mean, well, we're going to get to Andrew Weeby's game in just a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Travis Luscombe beat Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First, 114 to 109. I will skip this next one. Simon just lost to Ben Bear from MLS, 109 to 122. So congrats, Ben Bear. And then finally, Tim, who was on the show the other week, beat Andrew Weeby, our league taco, 104 to 77. Andrew Weeby, the only player not to crack 100 points in our league this round. So congrats, Tim and Andrew. What's going on? What's better going? than a 44 in a double game week? Sure. <laughs> uh, next round, we have Michael taking on Simon. We have Guy taking on Tim. Uh, Andrew uh, Krola is taking on Ivan from Fantasy Football First. Fantasy Football 24-7 is going up against Phil. Come on, Phil. Uh, Phil's going to be on the show, so we'll get get his takes on that. Jason is taking on Blaine. I yeah, am taking it, on Blaine. Andrew Weeby, and uh, then Travis is taking on Ben Bear. So some good rounds, some good some good games scheduled for round nine. So we will see. Maybe this will be the round when one of you guys can can overtake me, but I hope not. Maybe this will be the round that Andrew. Uh, Weeby actually makes his transfers and actually tries to to win. Hush your mouth. I'm going to call in to the, the hot take <laughs> I know you're going to call in. He's going to be mad and make his transfers that one week. <laughs> All right. Time to wrap everything up. Guys, you have anything to plug? Mike? Nope. Just the, just the usual stuff. Uh, MLS injury news on Twitter. Follow me. Tweet me with injury stuff. Uh, I can always use the help. Blaine? Nothing from me this week. Jason. Yeah, um, still doing my punts every Friday around noonish, um, and I will be manning the Major League Soccer fantasy Twitter on, I believe, Thursday and Friday. So oh, snap! Uh, so go on there and ask Jason all your questions and and send him your funny gifts and everything right there. Uh, I, of course, also have my usual plugs. You can check out my Top 50 Players article over at MLS Fantasy Soccer, as well as my picks closer to the start of the game round. You can also check out all the articles over at MLSFantasyBoss.com, the charts and insights and picks, everything that's going to be there. And don't forget to to partake in the live chat as it gets closer to the game time. Lots of good players there to bounce ideas off of. And of course, where would we be without the support of everyone at r slash fantasy MLS? So be sure to stop by there, post your teams, get some feedback, ask questions. It's a great community full of a lot of great managers and uh, just great advice. So be sure to check all those things out. Uh, And all of that being said, good luck.